Aren't you glad that we have a Father that loves us even though He knows us? <laughs> he loves us even though He knows us. In the Old Testament, God would speak to the nation of Israel, His, his children, and He'd say, listen, this is what I'll do. And what I'd like you to do is to honor, obey, and do, do my commands. He says, but listen, I know that you're going to make a mistake. This is the Father speaking. He says, I know you're going to make a mistake, but when you do, come back to me. The love of the Father was so strong that even though he knew there would be mistakes, trips, errors, lack of judgment, murder. He knew, he knew that these things were going to happen, adultery, and yet he said, come back to me. I thank God for a father that loves me even though he knows me. He's a good father. He's a good father. Look at somebody, and without throwing out and spraying out too much in the, in the area, look at somebody and just say, he's a good father. Yeah, say it to your family, because then if you, you get a little few particles in the air, it's okay. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking a lot about faith. Anybody remember what chapter we've been spending a lot of time in in the last month? Awesome. That was a test. A test of the preaching effectiveness method. And the preacher passed. Hebrews 11. Today I want to spend a bit more time in Hebrews 11. I was, it was interesting. I, I've chatted with Pastor Nelson, and, and he's preparing to preach uh, in the next couple Sundays. And I asked him, I said, be ready. You might preach this Sunday. I says, I, I'm still working on things. And, and then Pastor Winona and I went and saw them this week as they were uh, out uh, at Hope enjoying their holiday time. And uh, we sat down and we started to talk and and Pastor Nelson mentioned something, and I said, yeah, I said, man, I just can't, I can't get out of Hebrews 11. I think the furthest I've got was Hebrews 12, verse 3, and that just pulled me back into Hebrews 11. But as we were talking, I said, I said, last Sunday, I basically just read chapter 11, and I added David's comments every once in a while. But basically, I just read chapter 11. And, and then I, I said to Pastor Nelson, I said, but there's something in there that really caught my attention was how faith affected their families. And then I, I started to talk and, and continue on, and I was just sharing, and I'm going to talk about this morning, how faith affects your family. Never disconnect faith and family. Connect faith and family. 
We live in a world sometimes where they want us to disconnect. Well, just do this, leave that aside. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor, I will never apologize for saying, keep God in your family, keep God tight in you. In fact, keep God number one in your life. Keep him number one. And as, we were sharing, as I was sharing this about what I had seen, Pastor Louise sat there and she just started to laugh and she says, we were just talking about the same thing. About faith and how it affects the family. And I said, well, I said, uh, I said with all due respect, Dad, I'm going to preach this Sunday and I'm going to take your sermon so you're going to have to study something else for the next time. So, so we had a good chuckle, but I want to spend some time talking about faith and family. Family was one of the first things God did after he created man and woman. In fact, part of the creation, it says in Genesis 1, 20, 26, when he created man, he created them male and female. And in chapter 2, when it gives the account of, of the creation of man, it says he, he saw Adam and he says it's not good for him to be alone. I want to have, give him a helpmate. And when Adam saw the woman, he said, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, we're one. And then in that passage, if you continue in chapter 2, it says, for this reason, the, husband, the man shall leave his mother and father and be fastened or cling to his wife. So family is found in Genesis 1 and 2. It's not a subject that came later. It is something that God built and is a foundation, a building block, even for society. Statistically, places that have strong families and strong family values, they have found that the society is better off. There's less crime. There's less um, other aspects that, that harm society when there's a strong family unit. And in our present day, the family unit has taken a big hit. The enemy, if he can destroy something, he wants to go after family, and he wants to destroy family. So this morning, I want to do some teaching. I, I may not get too excited, but I want to teach you a little bit about the importance of faith and family. And I want to show you a few things about faith and family. Jesus, when he was 12 years old, went with his family to the temple. And they would do that yearly. So I'm not going to ask you to come here once a year. But make the house of God a priority in your family. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Forsake not the assembly to ga of gathering together. And then if you continue reading, it says, as you see the day approaching. 2,000 years ago, they were already looking at the end time, saying, God, is, Jesus is coming again. Get ready. Even more so, now is the day of the Lord's return closer than it was 2,000 years ago. If there's ever a time we need to build up our faith, it's now. Our faith is under attack. Our faith is under attack. Our families are under attack. 
And I want to give you some thoughts this morning about how to build faith and how to live your faith in your family. And I'm talking mostly right now to parents, but there are some children here too, and I want you to know you can do this too. It's not just for mom and dads, but a lot of this I'm talking to, I want to direct towards the parents, husbands and wives. Jesus went with his family. I heard one pastor preach on that or share about that. It was kind of funny. It took him three days to realize that he wasn't with them. When, when Mary and Joseph left. Now, I don't know about you, but we do a head count before we even get to the chain link fence. And my kids are in their 30s. And it was like, okay, where's this one? Where's that one? Okay, we got them. Good. Okay, let's go on. For three days, they traveled without seeing Jesus. I, I, I'm not sure what family um, discipline organization was around back then, but in today's day and age, you'd get in trouble for that. And then they said, where is he? And they checked with the relatives and everybody else. And one pastor goes, Mary and Joseph lost God. And, and he's, he, he's kind of talking. He says, can you believe it? Here they are, and they've lost God. So anyways, I thought that was funny. Obviously, I didn't have the same delivery he does. But family, Jesus went. Hannah went yearly with her husband in Samuel. They would go yearly to the temple as a family. In fact, when Samuel was born, it was a promise that God gave Hannah and her husband, and she came and she dedicated him to the God and said, here, he's yours for your service. And we see Samuel rising up as a prophet, being trained as a prophet. Family and faith. Family and faith. Paul writes to Timothy. In 2 Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, Timothy, I want to encourage you because I've seen the faith that was first of all in your grandmother and then he names her, I believe it's Lois. He says, and then in your mother, Eunice, and now I believe it's also in you. Can you imagine the family pouring down the faith from one generation to the next to the next? If you don't pass on your faith to your children, who will? And if I could ask another question, what will be passed on to them. You and I, we need to hold high a standard of righteousness. We need to hold high a standard and we need to let our children see and hear and know that standard. Faith and family, it's in the Bible. Noah and his family were in the ark. They called out to others and nobody else heeded his message, but his family joined him and, it was, and the family was saved. If you look at the subject, faith, who's the father of faith according to the word of uh, the scriptures? Abraham. And if you study Abraham, 
his aspect of faith was all about his family. His faith was that he believed the promise that God said would happen. And it was birthed in a family. The birthing place, the surrounding landscape of faith was family. I want to jump in there, but I got to slow down a little bit. Faith was birthed in the context of family. Can I get an amen? I got to pull it out of you there. Can I get a, can I get an amen? Can I can I get another one? No, I'm not. I'm not that desperate. But faith and family. I want to give you some thoughts this morning about faith and family. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to see some of the effect that faith had in connection with family. This is important. This is important. I remember as a child growing up, and my second home was my church. My second home was my church. I remember falling asleep underneath the pews. I remember I even threw up at church. My mom and dad would take us to church. We, we had, at our church, we had a program called Crusaders, which was the modern, it was the, the Christian equivalent to Boy Scouts. And I would go to Crusaders. My brothers, we would go to Crusaders. My parents, they, they worked hard. They would go to prayer meeting. We had, we'd had Sunday morning. We had Sunday night. Sunday night service started at 6, and Disney World, uh, the wonderful, magical world of Disney or wonderful world of Disney would end at 6 o'clock. And they would always have the last five minutes would be where everything tied together from the story. And we'd say, Dad, wait, we can't leave yet. We can't leave late. And as soon as the climax of the story hit, we'd shut the TV off and we'd run in the van and then we'd head to the church and we'd get there at five after six. And then my mom and dad, God bless them, would march us up to the second row. They didn't care what time it was. The second row, all the Stunebergs came. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night. Now, I understand times have changed and some of the stresses have changed. The dynamics of family, the incomes, and the, and the stresses financially has changed. But I want to tell you something. You need to make God a priority in your family. You need to make faith a priority in your family. So if we go to, to Hebrews chapter 11... I want to start in verse 9 or verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeying, going out to a place which he was received to receive for inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. Can you imagine the confidence you would instill in your family when you say, we're going to leave this place, but I don't really know where we're going? I would suggest to you there was a strong family tie and a strong family unit to say, Dad, honey, we're going. Where are we going? I'm not really sure. We're going. He says, he went not, know where, not knowing where he was going. <clears throat> By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, he dwelt in tents 
with Isaac and Jacob. That's family. Isaac and Jacob were grounded in the promise that God spoke to their father and their grandfather. And Isaac said, Dad, God spoke to you. Jacob, being a grandson of Abraham, saw that and he understood and saw the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham carried on and affected his child and his child's child. We have multi-generations represented here today, and that, to me that is exciting to see a parent, a child, a grandparent, a grandchild. That speaks to faith and it speaks to strength in family. It says, Isaac and Jacob, <coughs> they, they were convinced, in one of the translations, I, I believe it says they, they were convinced or they were assured of the promise as being fellow heirs. I don't think that was a one-time conversation that Abraham had. In other words, talk about God a lot. Talk about God all the time. You say, well, that's going to make me weird. No. Because you probably won't talk about God all the time, but if you say, I'm just going to talk to him about him once in a while, you may not talk about him at all. So talk about him all the time. Have him come out of your mouth. You get something. God bless me with that. You start realizing the blessing of God even in those little things and what happens is your children and your family and those around you start picking up and they start seeing it and you know what they start to evaluate and say God blessed me as a parent did you ever say as a child did you ever say to your parents I want to be just like you I remember I'd say that to my mom and dad as a, as a child. Why? Because you see things and you hear things. Keep rehearsing them. Faith and family. I want to do some teaching. I want to teach you this morning. Abraham, it says, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Can you imagine the dynamic of that situation? Isaac, God bless me with you. Your name means laughter, and God gave you to me and, and mom, and we're so excited. And by the way, we got to take a little trip, you and me, and we're going to go sacrifice. Okay, Dad, where will you sacrifice? You'll see. It says that he had his hand up in the air, and then there was a ram caught in the thicket. The faith the faith that Abraham said, if, if God gave me this promise, I believe and my faith is and I'm convinced that God can raise him up. These, these are some of the, the, the life experience as a family. Don't shield your child. Yes, you need to watch over them and protect them, but let them see you living a life of faith. Let them see you living that life of faith. 
Yes, I understand there's some things my children do not see, but they see my struggles at times. They see my victories at times. They see my tears. They see my laughter. Build them up. Now listen to this. I, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered him up. And he considered that God was able to raise him up. And then it goes, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith. The faith that they had seen from their father, the faith that they had experienced from their father, talking about this land that had a maker, was builder, and the the maker and the builder of this city and this land was God. And Abraham taught his children and showed his family and his children and his children's children the passion to follow after God. And it says, and Isaac, when he was nearing death, he spoke to the destiny of Jacob and Esau. And then it goes on in the next verse and it says, and Jacob, when he was leaning on his staff, he spoke prophetically to his children and he spoke prophetically to Joseph's children. Do you see faith connected with family? I would encourage you to speak faith and destiny to your children. Speak faith and destiny to your children. If they talk a lot, tell them, man, you do such an amazing job. You're an amazing storyteller. Wow, I love how you make that alive. I love your curiosity. I love how you want to understand things. Encourage them. Speak to their future. You're going to be an orator. You're going to take the kingdom of God and you're going to stay and make a standard and you're going to raise it high and you're going to speak of the goodness of God. Start painting a picture of for your children of what God has for them and I would suggest to you that these words that they spoke were actually seeds that they planted in their children and that came to fruition in other words prophesy the destiny to your children says in the in the Bible life and death are in the power of the tongue Speak life. Speak life to your children. Speak life to your children's children. Give them a future. Give them a picture of what God has for them. It says Isaac, when he was dying, he spoke by faith. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, he blessed each one of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph. Do you see a pattern here? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Joseph, by faith. Don't disconnect family from faith. I am so thankful for for the heritage that I have that I can say my parents, they lived out and they lived their faith out in front of us. And the things that some of the things that have been instilled in me have been instilled from my parents, from my in-laws, and, and they have lived it out in front of us, and I've grown and I've seen it. Pastor Winona and myself, we are benefactors of the faith of those that went before us. Make faith a family experience. 
I want to give you, let me see here. I've got 23 things. I'm just going to read them out to you, but I want to give you some thoughts of how can you make faith a family experience. How can you make what I'm talking about an experience for your family? I want to give you a bunch of them, a bunch of thoughts here. I don't know if I'll get through them all. Live life as a family. Don't live apart from your family. The first thing is live life as a family. Involve everyone in your family in your faith. Talk about it. Don't hide your faith. In De Deuteronomy, Moses was telling the children of Israel as they were preparing to get in the promised land, he said, talk about it when you stand up, when you walk, when you sit down, when you lie down, and when you rise again. In other words, always talk about what God has done. And if you read the passage, Moses was saying, talk to them and tell them of the miracles that happened, how God took you out of Egypt and brought you into this land that flows with milk and honey. Rehearse. I, as a child, one of the greatest memories I have as a child was when we would go to bed, we'd all run to my dad and we'd sit on his lap and we'd gather around him and we'd say, tell us a story. And nobody could tell us a story like my dad. I don't even know if they're half true. I found out after I was like 20 years old that some of them he just made up. It didn't scar me. I'm okay. But talk with your children. Tell them the story of how God blessed you with that piece of land. Tell them the story of how you got a piece of furniture that you didn't expect and you got it for free when it was worth so much more. Tell them how you got a raise at a job because of your faithfulness. Tell them about how God healed you. Tell them about the stories of what you've seen in your own life about the goodness of God. And what you do is you let your faith start to go into them. Let them see you in your struggle. Let them see you in your victory. Here's one. Make your faith a family experience. Do not neglect God's house. Amen. Come to church. You say, well, how often? Well, as often as you can. If you can make it every Sunday, make it every Sunday. I, I have sat with people. I had this one guy, actually, when I was working in construction. It was funny. He knew we were believers. He came to our office, and he was another trade, and he started to talk to us, and he was so sad that his daughter was not going to church. But as we continued our conversation, we found out that he didn't go to church regularly. Parents, if you want your child to go to church regularly... Go to church regularly. If you make excuses for not coming Sunday, it's not going to take them long, and they're going to make them much younger. And I have seen the heartache 
of men and women as they've watched their children make decisions that were not of good good decisions and they've come back and I'll be honest with you some of those decisions were planted as seeds five years earlier 10 years earlier 15 years earlier uh, living a life of faith is hard work living a life of faith it's hard work if it was easy anybody can do it and I'm not I'm not anybody I'm, I'm somebody special in more ways than one. Live a life of faith. I, I will never apologize for saying, come to God's house. You're getting legalistic, pastor. No, I just want to see the blessing of God on your life. And I am positive everyone that has more gray hair than me would tell you the exact same thing, and they might even say it with greater vigor than I say it. Make the house of God a priority. Don't speak bad of the church. Don't complain about going to church on Sunday because your children, man, they pick it up. I was talking with a pastor once, and they did Saturday night services, him and his wife, we're talking with Pastor Winona and I, and, and, and they did Saturday night services in addition to their Sunday, and most of the people that came Saturday night were not regular members of their Sunday congregation. And he says, and him and his wife would complain Saturday. Oh, man, we got to go tonight. And, and he says, and it took them a while, and all of a sudden they realized that the Saturday night impact wasn't as great as the Sunday, but they realized they were speaking death to the Saturday night themselves. And so then they realized that, and they said, and we started to change how we spoke. Don't speak saying, man, we got to go to church again. Say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of God. I was glad when they said, let us go. I was glad when we brought our gifts and our tithes and offerings. I was glad when we were able to dedicate our children. I was glad when I heard the stories of salvation. I was glad when I heard what God had done. Speak positively because your children will pick up on even the little things that you might not realize. Parents, your children hear you better than you think. I've had conversations with children and I've heard words come out of their mouth and it's like, ooh. They reflected what was spoken in the house. Keep preaching, Dave. Keep preaching. I'll give you a, a few other thoughts here in closing. Show up. Participate. Quit talking like church is going is such a chore. Your children will pick up on that. Let them watch you walk through forgiveness. You want to build your child's faith? Let them watch you walk through an offense. Let them watch you walk through forgiveness. Let them watch you walk through a hurt and you do it biblically. Teach your children how to live life biblically. Amen? Expose your child to God. Have scheduled devotions. That's one of the reasons why we have our Heaven on Earth cards, is to help 
have a regular time with your children and with your family. Have a regular time. Buy them books about Christ, about God. Anybody can say amen anytime. Read to them. Read to them. You want to build your child's faith? Here's another way. If they play a sport, get involved with them. I, I, I took up coaching because one of my children wanted to be a play, a, a play a sport. I didn't take up music, and you can thank God I didn't because it wouldn't be sounding like it does this morning. I play music, and the teacher actually prayed for me, I'm sure. I would play it one time, and the second time I went through it, I went through a whole different speed. And it was like, no, I... I so thank God Pastor Winona helped them on the music end and I helped them on the sports end. But get involved even in those activities. Amen? I'll give you the last couple ones. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let your children hear you praying. Let your children hear you singing. Let your children hear you speak in a language given by God. Holy Spirit. Faith and family. Today we live in an age where the family is under attack. And I am raising up children who will raise up children who will raise up children who will be standards and standard barriers of, for the kingdom of God. And if I want to see that result I must be diligent and vigilant in my daily duties and my daily responsibility to train my child up in the ways of God. So I want to encourage you. This, this to me was more of a teaching time. Do not separate faith and family, but bring them together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That concludes our time. I want to take a, a moment to pray. I'm going to ask God to help each family here be more aware of God in their life. And maybe, maybe there's been some thoughts as I've preached that maybe you said, oh, that's, that's something I can work on. I'm just going to ask God, one of the amazing things about God is he gives us grace. In other words, he gives us the ability to do those things that maybe we have a hard time with. So, Father, I just ask right now, as families represented here, as parents and as children, that we would be committed to walking our faith and our family together. Give me, Lord, the understanding and the stamina and the persistence to pour faith, righteousness, and your goodness into my family. In your precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.